the mitzvah of Maike, of putting a guardrail on your roof. We're going to learn when it applies, when it doesn't apply, and what is the lesson for us in our serving Hashem. The Pasuk says, when you build a new house, you should put a guardrail on the roof. This Sifri explains that the bias, it's not just by a house. Any situation where there's a safety uh, issue, you have to put protection there. So in that case, why does it say the word bias? The rabbis heichal to include the base hamigdosh. That also the base hamigdosh as the maikaf and gag from heichal hamigdosh. Then on top of the roof of the heichal, the heichal was the part of the base hamigdosh that housed the kodesh and the kodesh hakodeshim. Above it, there was a, 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 a wall, uh, or a, a, that was uh, three amos tall. Above that wall, there was a little uh, like a crown, like spikes that were there to keep the birds away, but. This Maike is given Nitnar Lenoi, the Kayetzvah, Mitzvah Maike. It wasn't there for just for decoration, but it was actually part of an obligation, the Mitzvah of Maike. Zudua Dishayla is a very famous question that is asked on this. Their din is, as Batek a Maike. A shul or a base medrash is exempt from a maike. Since it says maike legagecha, your roof, it has to be yours. A shul or a, a yeshiva, which is a place that belongs to everyone, is, is excluded from the obligation of maike. So if a shul or, or a base medrash, a yeshiva is not obligated to have a maike because it doesn't fall under the category of in the category of gagecha. So why is the base hamikdash any different? In Sifpeis, we'll learn a beer from the Ragachavar, which the Rebbe is going to ask numerous questions upon. The Ragachavar answered of them, as a chi of maike is chalvi yistaten sifri mishas chidushay. When does the chi of maike begin? When does the obligation to put up the guardrail begin? Mishas chidushay, which means gleich when the bayis vet kibuit as soon as the house is built. Noch eder mehebdan im nutzen, even before it's being used. Unlike other things, for example, mezuzah, the mezuzah is the obligation begins once the house is being used, and really in chutzlar it's thirty days later. The the mitzvah of maike is immediately upon the completion of the house. Now, when it comes to the Beis Amikdash, the Gemara in Mesechta Meila says that it was built as a mundane building, as a regular, not necessarily holy building. And then it was consecrated to become a holy building. The Gemara Meila explains that anything that was donated towards it, in order for that money to be used for things, let's say to pay the workers, which are, which would, are not included in Hekdish, and something that's holy. So if, if the building was holy, then everything that was donated to it would become holy, and you wouldn't be able to use that money towards anything that was mundane. So therefore the way it was done, it was built first as a mundane building, and then it was consecrated. Therefore, in the moment, in the moments, as soon as the Mikdash was built, it has not yet been consecrated, and therefore it's a regular building, and therefore the obligation of Maike exists. That's the Rogat explanation. He says that the exemption for Maike would be because it's a holy building. And since 
at the moment of when it was built, it was not yet holy. So the mitzvah of Micah applied. The Rebbe has some serious questions on this answer. First of all, the Rebbe noted, uh, notes in Ha'ara 12 that this, I, this din, that the Micah is uh, obligated from Mishas Chidusha, from the moment the house is built, is a Das Yachid. It's only a sole opinion. And how could you say that the Halacha, which follows the majority, would be based on the fact that there is a, one opinion that holds that Micah begins Mishas Chidusha. That's the, a notation that Rebbe makes in Ara 12. So that's question, question number one. But besides for that, we have additional questions in the Prim of the Sicha. The fact that a Shulur based Madrish is exempt from Micah is not because it's a holy uh, space. It's a technical thing. The Pasik says, put a Micah on your rooftop. If the base Knesset or the base Madrish doesn't have an owner, then who's obligated? In that case, the Hegel of the Beis Amikdash has the same, is in this, under the same category, that it doesn't have an owner. Even though it's being built as a mundane building, it's still a communal building, and therefore it's not Gagecha, it's not your roof. So how does the fact that the building was built, that the building was built Bechoyl, how does that answer the question if the issue wasn't Choyl or Kodesh to begin with? The issue was Gagecha, who's the owner? Now, Rebbe, as part of this answer, will suggest that maybe the Ragachover is following the Shita of the Rambam, where the Rambam says that the issue is not Gagecha, but the issue is Dira. That it has to be a dwelling, and the and the shul and the base medrash are not a dwelling, and that's why they are potter from mezuzah. And maybe that'll help us understand why the base medrash is chayiv. I said mezuzah. I meant Micah. Is chayiv Micah. So he says like this: Mekanet enferin. The Rebbe says to begin with that this is not going to be a good answer. But mekanet enferin as tirutze is late in dasarambam, late in tamarambam. We cannot explain that the the ragachover is following the approach of the Rambam. The fact that a shulur of base medrash is exempt from Maike is not is not because they don't have a, a, an owner. An individual owner. Nor the reason that a shul or a base medrash is potter from a maike is because they're not dwellings, they're not made to live in. But the Hegel Amikdash, which as the Ragachavar brought down, when it was built, it was still a mundane building. Then at that point, it can be used as a dwelling. And therefore, it's obligated. To have a mica. That's the, that is the um, a, a, a way one way to explain this. What does the Maharaj mean when he says that it was Bainan Bukhoil? Bainan Bukhoil, and therefore it's a potential dira. It's a potential dwelling. And if it's a potential dwelling, then it's Chai Bimaika. The Rebbe says you can't answer that. While Alpha Piaz Bainan Bukhoil Vakakh Magdishin. Va Alpha Piaz Bainan Bukhoil Vakakh Magdishin. 
Even though it was built as a mundane building, it doesn't mean that they were going to use it for mundane purposes. Either they, they wouldn't have, or they weren't allowed to. But to say that they were that, that, that it's chayv in a maike, because it's potentially a dwelling place, they're building it to be a base of Mikdash. The Rebbe points out in the order 17 that you're not even allowed to build a separate house, a different house, in the with the same measurements as the base of Mikdash, because it's considered disrespectful to have a house that looks like the base of Mikdash and treated in a mundane way. So to say that the base of Mikdash was built, and before it was used as a base of Mikdash, there's a potential to use it for mundane purposes. And that because of that, your chayev b'maike is very difficult to say. So we're back to our original question on the Ragat Shavar, which is that the whole reason why Beis HaKnesses and Beis HaMedrish are exempt from Maike is because of Gagecha, because it needs to have an owner, and this doesn't have an owner, it's a communal space. And therefore, and, the, and the, our question on this is, why is the Beis HaMedrish any different? Base, another question that we have on the Ragachavar. The Ragachavar would said that it was Bainan Bukhail, Magdishan. At one point it was a mundane building. So the Rebbe says like this: a bias that is obligated to have a Micah. And then it was transformed into a shul. Or it was the, the building that was originally a house, then became another type of space. That is halachically exempt from Micah. That would, that would cancel out the obligation of Micah. If you have a house and you turn the house into a shul, now, that house now becomes potter, exempt from Micah. So it, the fact that Boyd and the fact that the Mikdash was built as a mundane building, as soon as Magadishin, as soon as it was consecrated, it should become potter from Micah. So again, the Ragachavar explained that the reason why the Mishmikdash is Chayv and Maike is because of the fact that it was initially built Bechoyl. So he asked on this no, number one, why does it, how does that change the fact of Gagecha? It still is a communal building. And even if you're going to say that the issue is Dira, it still doesn't answer the question because it's hard to believe that the Mishmikdash would have been used for a Dira before it became a Mishmikdash. And the second question is, even if it was potter from Maike at some point, once it becomes a shul, or in this case, once it became a besamikdash, it should become patur b'maikah. So that's the so therefore the Ragachavar's explanation of bainin b'chayil v'achach makdishin is not a sufficient answer, and therefore in Siv Gimel and Dalid, the Rebbe is going to give another answer. And the Rebbe is going to base his biur on a Rashi. Rashi is masbir as dos was batek nisius subati medrashos and nit bechlal gagecha. The fact that a shuler based medrash is not included in Gagecha is while ein chelak laechad mehen boy shaf livnei ever hayamhu. Literally, it translates: nobody has a portion in it because it's even there for the people from overseas. Rashi, the Rebbe explains: Termit bavar and Rashi for vos batek nisius v'chulu said an anders from Abay Shulshutfin. This quote from Rashi, which we didn't yet explain, but we will in a moment, is here to explain why is a shul different than Abay Shulshutfin, a house that, has, that that is owned by partners or by multiple people. And the Rebbe explains: Their din is the law is as Abay Shulshutfin is chayv If 
a house is owned by multiple people, it is chayiv, it is obligated to have a mic. Even though I would think that gagecha is said in the single term, your roof, implying that if it's yours, it's obligated. If it belongs to multiple people, to partners, not. That's the hava, I mean, that's the initial approach of the Gemara. Nevertheless, the Gemara concludes Since the Pasek spells out the reason for Micah, that someone could fall, this safety issue doesn't change whether the house is owned by an individual or the house is owned by uh, partners. Therefore, the, the, the Gemara tells us that because there is a safety issue, a house that belongs, even though there's multiple partners, and it doesn't really fit in so nicely into Gagecha, your individual roof, nevertheless, because of the safety issue that the Pasik talks about, it's Chayiv and Micah. We're still explaining the Rashi. So Rashi is now telling us that if that's the if that's the case, this raises a simple question. So why is the shul of the Beis different that they are being excluded from Micah because of the word Even though there's no it's not gagecha because it's a communal building, but nevertheless there's still a problem of somebody falling. So just like we said by by Shal Shutfim, that despite the fact that it doesn't fit into Gagecha, we still say it needs a Micah because of the Yipal HaNoifil, because the person can fall. Why don't we say the same thing by the Shul or the base Medrash? That even though it's not Gagecha, it should still need a Micah to make sure that nobody falls. Is Rashi Masbir. So now we're going to go back, excuse me, to this line from Rashi. And Rashi is answering this question. Why is a Shul different than a Shal Shutfim? Is Rashi Masbir Rashi explains as about the Knesias or about the Medrashos? Is Nita Vemin Sumachayev Zayn? The issue is not that it's not that, that we don't need to worry about safety. The issue is, is that we we don't have someone up, upon whom to lie the responsibility. The Chiyuv Maikis have the Bailim from the bias. The obligation to put up a Maikah is on the owner of the house. And if there's multiple owners to the house, then each and every partner has this obligation. But in the case of the Shuler of the Beis Medrash that was built by the townsfolk, nobody owns it. Because people from other, other, other places, including people from overseas, can't join and, and come into the shul and use the shul. So even though the people built here built it, but it's, it was built for everyone. And therefore, none of these people can be considered the owner. So we can't obligate them to put up this guardrail because they don't own the shul. That's what Rashi is saying in this line. So it's very, very important because this is going to help us in Sif Dalid understand why the Beis Amikdash is different. But Rashi is telling us like this, that Abayi shall shoot from his chayiv in a market because there's an issue of safety and we learn from the Pasek that you have to put up a market even though it does not fit into Gagecha. But a shul, even though there is a safety issue, but nevertheless, because we need someone to, to, to make them responsible for it, and nobody 
owns the shul, and therefore nobody is responsible for the shul. Therefore, there's no chiyuv of Mike. See, he's considering it. This is uh, parenthetically speaking. This is not a contradiction. This doesn't contradict to the fact that in certain things we do consider the the, the local people as the the owners of the shul. For example, with regards to mezuzah, if someone if there's a dwelling within the shul. So the uh, the shul has to put on mezuzah. So who's who's obligated? The people the people who built the shul. So why don't we say the same thing over here that the people who built the shul are the owners? But the gabichi of my case, negia nitna der kinyan aguf from beisaknesses was gehered blois to the bnei ayir nor oich as does isain der amakim ladur. The chiyuv of Maike, it's not just who built it or who paid for it, who 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 bought it, but also the fact that it, it is. A, a usable shul that people can get it, can go in there and use it. But by a shul that any yid can go into and use it wherever he might be. By Mike, it depends on who's dwelling in it, not who owns it. And therefore, meaning to say, it has to be Gagecha. It has to be, it's the owner of the house that's obligated to put it up. But the owner has to also be someone that's living there. So when you're talking about, about a shul, even though, the, even though the, the local people bought the shul, but anybody can use the shul. Anybody is okay to, be, to, ha, to, to have a dira in the shul. And therefore, since anybody can use the shul, nobody is considered an owner with regards to this mitzvah, and therefore there's no chi of maikah, not because it's not needed, but because we don't have whom to obligate. That's the pshat and the rashi about maikah. That the difference between a shul and a, a, a bayishal shutvin is both are not gagecha. Both are not belonging to one individual person. But... The difference is that in Gagecha, in Baishel Shutvim, there are specific owners, and therefore the obligation falls upon them. In a Beis Akneses or a Beis Medrash, there's no specific owner, and therefore there's nobody to obligate. Now we're going to apply this to the Beis Amigdash and understand why the Beis Amigdash is not Chayiv in the Mezuzah. I keep on saying mezuzah, I meant Mike again. So now we'll understand why the Heichel HaMikdash was obligated to have a Mike. In the Mikdash of Allah Eden Gehata Chelek Ein Shutfus. This is going to be the key answer. That unlike a Shul or a Beis Medrash, the Beis HaMikdash is considered a Bayishal Shutfim. Not that nobody owns it, but that everybody owns it. Sayin the Mokim HaMikdash. Whether you're talking about the, 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 the space, the lot that, that was used that David Malach purchased the lot of the Beis Amikdash from Aravna with money that he collected from all of the Shvatim and so to the it was built with the donations of the people just like all the Yidden participated in donating towards the building of the Mishkan is Mistaber it is Sensible to say, as Allah Eden of the Zepristatik given Echin der Kupa Velishka, 
from welchem hat gebuit oder bedek beis amigdash that the yidden also participated in the fund in the coffers of that, that were used to build and to keep up to upkeep the, to maintain the beis amigdash so therefore since everyone bought into it everyone is a partner even though that when the individual gave his donation, he gave it away really well, which means to say that he wasn't giving it because he wanted ownership in it. He was giving it as a donation that it should be for the congregation. Not like a partnership. Nevertheless, he still maintained some ownership in this. The Rebbe brings a proof that every Yid has a portion in this because we see that Moshe said to Hashem with regards to Kairach and his cohorts, that their portion in the daily sacrifices should not be accepted. So we see, they had a portion. What would be their portion? Because they gave money towards it. But because of that, they maintained the portion in the in the carbonus. And, and, and certainly, just like they had a portion in the carbonus, they also had a portion in the Besamikdash. Even though they gave it not for not to have ownership in it, but nevertheless, because it came from everybody, now everyone still owned a piece of it. And therefore, the Beis Amikdash is considered a partnership. It is owned by everyone together. And since every Yid has a portion, owns a portion of the Beis Amikdash, Kenal, like we just mentioned, and it's a, how much more so? If they owned a piece of the carbon, how much more so did they own a piece of the building? And therefore, and therefore, the Yidden were obligated to put up a mic when they built a base of Mikdash. It's like a bayish shutfin. It's like a house, not like a shul that has no owner. It's like a, 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 a bayish shutfin that has multiple owners. Ah, you're going to ask, what about Gagecha? The Pasik says it has to be your roof. In order to be obligated in a maike, you don't need it to be one a fully gagecha. Who can now save gimel? Like we said before, in save gimel. As echa bayish shal shutzim is nit kinemes gagecha. That even a, a a house owned by partners is also not truly gagecha because it's multiple people and gagecha means one individual person. But nevertheless, because we have to address the the fact that nobody should fall, therefore it's chayiv in maike, even though it's not fully gagecha. So to be samikdash, even though it's not fully gagecha, nevertheless. Because it's a bay, like a bayish shal shutvin, therefore it is chayiv in a mike. Sifei is going to address one more issue, and that is, is that like we said earlier, another reason that a shul or a base medrash is exempt from mike is because it's not a base dira, it's not a dwelling. So the the base amigdash is not either a dwelling. So why is base amigdash, even though there is, a, it's a bayish shal shutvin, but it's not being used as a dwelling? So why is a chayiv a mike? says. You still ask a question. The chi of Maike is davke ba base dira. The chi of Maike is only when it's a dwelling. 
But Antish is not a Zakakloi. If it's not a base dira, the 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 Rambam brings and others, it does not need a Maika. You're not obligated to put one up. Which is one of the reasons why a shul and a base medrash are exempt. Well, base aknesses is ain't a base dira because a base aknesses is not a dwelling. And like we said earlier, in the name of the Rambam, the Rambam brings only this reason. Not reason of The only reason that the Rambam exempts a shul from a a, a ma'ake is because it's not a base dira. So the question is, when the Reichel is not a base dira, the base amikdus was not a place of dwelling. So why is it chayiv and ma'ake? So here is the answer. What makes something a dwelling? The Rebbe says it's prim- connected primarily with food. As the din is by sukkah, where, where you have to dwell in it. It says tasteful, you should sit, which literally means to sit. And Chachamim explained it has to be like you're living in it. That the primary mitzvah of, of, of dwelling in the sukkah is through eating in the sukkah. And therefore the Beis HaMikdash is considered a dwelling. Because it's the designated place for eating kachim. Even though the, the proper place to eat the kachim is in the Azara, not in the Heichel. And the Maki was on the Heichel, not on the Azara. It's still that you're it's still you're allowed to eat the kachim. Kachim kachim. Kachim kalim, you can eat anywhere in Yerushalayim. But kashi kachim, you have to eat in the Beis Amigdash. What happens? So first of all, you're allowed to eat them in, 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 the, in the Heichel as well. And sometimes, for whatever reason, you couldn't eat it in the... If you couldn't eat it in the Azara, then you have to eat it in the, in, in the Heichel. Because you can't eat it anywhere else. And they have to be eaten before, before the time is up. So, therefore, be, as we're going to say in a moment, because there is a mitzvah of eating the kachim in the Heichel, there in, in, in the Beis Amikdash and in the, and in the Heichel as well. Therefore, the Heichel is considered a base dira. The Rebbe is going to make one more point and say, what about the fact that you're allowed to eat in, in a base medrash as well? And don't ask that what, what about the fact that the halacha is that Talmud Chacham is allowed to eat in a shul and for sure in a base medrash um, in certain certain instances. So then that, that they should also be considered a base dira. Over there, the reason why we're allowing it is because the whole eating or drinking or even sleeping is temporary. And if we can call it a dwelling and say that it's obligated in uh, Micah, it's only a temporary dwelling, like a sukkah or a bayis, or like a house in Chuslaretz, that if you're only living in it for a week or two, less than 30 days, you don't have to put up a mezuzah. It's a diras it's a temporary dwelling. And because it's a temporary dwelling, it's not mechoi v'maike either. But when it comes to eating the carbonus, which is a mitzvah, the mitzvah makes it chasha, makes it important. It's not a temporary thing. It's a permanent thing because it's a mitzvah. Especially since it says and we explain what does it mean that it should be eaten in a, in a royal, in a grand way. 
has a sense of permanence. tells us that I should that the koyin should eat the kashi kachim even if it's just an asas atchak. He's just a base dira that makes it into a dwelling. And therefore, that's not a question. How, that it's not a base dira. It is a base dira, and it's a baishel shutvin. It is a house that is owned by every single member of Kali Yisrael, and therefore, it is mechuyev b'maik. Unlike a shul or a base medrash, which is not a base dira, and is not a baishel shutvin, it's a house that has no owner, and therefore, there's no one whom to obligate with the mic. Adkan is the halacha aspect of. The din of Micah, and from Sivvav and on, the Rabbi is going to take us on a on a journey, understanding the deeper meaning of this pasuk, which will uh, of this mitzvah of Micah, which will also explain why there's a difference between a shul and the Beis Hamikdash. The Beir Amichilik is in Beis Haknesses for Chulu on Beis Hamikdash. The Kabbichi of Micah with Pnimi Sayanim to explain the difference between a shul and a Beis Hamikdash on a deeper level. The time for standing like Beir Inyan Micah by Beder Ruchnis. First, we have to explain what is the Micah in serving Hashem on a Ruchnis on a spiritual level. The Purish Pnimi is the deeper meaning is like this. Well, see some Micah like a Gecha Kippel and Eifel and make a Micah make a guardrail for your roof because someone can fall. Is Gagecha Vais Tafagba VeGaiva Gagecha the roof represents. Holding oneself high, haughtiness. And to make a guardrail means you have to limit and stem the the arrogance, the haughtiness. Someone could fall. Haughtiness is the root, is the source of every spiritual descent. As it is known. As me destroys by all the menemzich from the nesses vegaiva that the person's negative character traits stem from his ego and his arrogance. When does ech the ra klolis when them was ech the echal davav na maike. So so the general idea of maike is in beruchnius is to limit one's haughtiness because that otherwise he could fall spiritually. And now we have when does the ra klolis when them was ech the echal davav na maike. And here is the overall lesson that we could take from the fact that even the base amigdosh needs a maike. And Kamein, one could think as the Bavarinish for a Mike is Natik, not in the Yon of Baishel Chel. That when do you have to uh, address the idea of Mike? Uh, is only if it's a mundane house. Vazayin Gag, Gavhus, Vigaivas, Pashta Gaiva, because his roof, so to speak, is plain and simple haughtiness. Hepechagdusha, which is not anything that's holy. But if you're talking about the Mishnah which represents holiness, then even the haughtiness of Kedusha is something that is a, way, a form of serving Hashem. Like the Pasuk says, his heart was raised when serving Hashem. Or should have a 64th of pride of Gaiva. It's necessary to stand up for himself. So then in this case, in holiness, there is room for a little bit of haughtiness. So why do you need a maike on a base amigdash? Is the error the lesson is? As a filu de gaga amigdash, even the gag, even the arrogance or the, or the haughtiness of holiness needs to have a limit. Unachmer, imigdash gufa, is the maike gevenaf in gaga hechel. Even on top of the Kedush HaKadoshim, there was a Micah. Why? Even if someone is on the loftiest, highest level, you have to still address, and you have to still 
limit one's uh, uh, haughtiness through the feeling of bittel of humility. There's Allah that if you if you prepared a keli, you made a vessel, even if it was entirely done in purity. Nevertheless, in order for it to be used in the in, for kaidish in the base amigdash, it had to go through a tevila process through immersion in water, uh, which means to, which means to tell us even if you're on a, such a level that you believe that you are a completed vessel. You did everything right. Azaba says, Nigma Gavar Batare was completed in, in purity. That's when you need to have the immersion, which the Hebrew word for immersion is Tvila, and Tvila is the letters of Bittel, Tvila Esis Habitel Lekaidish. In order for it to be, to be able to be used in, in holiness, it still needs Bittel. So that's why the Besamitis has a Micah to tell us that even Gaiva in Kiddusha needs a limit. And it needs to be it needs to be uh, uh, controlled because you need to have bittel in in order to do the avoy. So that's the general approach to understand what Micah is limiting gaiva, and even the beis even gaiva dikdusha also needs to be limited. In Sivzayin, the Rebbe now applies this to influencing another person. The, the, the literal Micah, the literal guardrail, is not so much to protect the owner of the house, as much as it is to protect other people that they shouldn't fall off the roof. Similarly, we can apply this to the spiritual guardrail that we're talking about. The, the limit to one's gaiva is not just to protect him from a, a, his own spiritual fall. But also for another yid. So that your haughtiness should not cause another person to fall spiritually. What would be the situation? A yid who's involved with spreading Yiddishkeit. And bring Yidin closer to their father in heaven. Which this... Uh, uh, this in, uh, task is included in the meaning, in the deeper meaning of building a new house. As Aid should not suffice with working on himself. He must build, he must erect a home for Hashem. To build a full, complete home. An area, as, as, uh, uh, an environment that will be, that will be permeated. With Yiddishkeit. So a person is doing this. He's going to fulfill Kisivna by his Chodesh. Under by Hatar Gaiva. But he has a problem. He has Gaiva. He has haughtiness. It's not just a problem that his avoida is incomplete. It could, fall, it could cause that the person that he's meant to influence is going to fall. If he influences the other person with words that come from the heart with sincerity, without ulterior motives, then we could be assured that the words will enter into the heart and have the proper impact. But if in his words is, mi is, is mixed haughtiness and egotism, 
is not only it affects the impact of the words that they can't truly impact the other person, it has the possibility of causing the opposite. The, the, the haughtiness in his words can push the other person away. Here you're trying to, be, to, to influence another person positively. But then... Your words are not sincere. Your words, are, your, 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 your words are selfish. They're egotistical. So the other person is going to run away. In the second part of Sivzayin, the Rebbe takes it to another step. The, the expression in the Pasuk is, the noifel, the fallen, or the faller, will fall. So Chazal asks, why is he called a noifel? He didn't fall yet. We're saying, put up a guardrail on the roof so no one should fall. So why are you calling him a noifel? So Chazal says, The person who falls is deserving of falling. But the way it works is that we cause a, a meritorious things to happen through a meritorious person and negative things to happen through a, through a person that is already uh, has negativity. In other words, we're telling the, the Alpipastos, the, the, the literal understanding is, we're telling the, the, the owner of the roof we're telling him, even if the person deserves to fall, don't be the one to cause him to fall. So how do we apply this now to our discussion? A yid is trying to be out of another yid. But the, 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 the Kirov professional is full of gaiva. So a yid can tie him. So now he's going to come and say, The fact that the other guy is falling is not his fault. That person is destined to fall. Or not, he's, he's destined to fall. He already fell. And he says like this, This is the Kiro of professional speaking. About the other person that is not being able to influence him because he's full of gaiva. So he says, Had the other person been a straightforward person, The other person should be able to detect the difference between the words that I'm saying that are 100% true and the person that I am, I might have gaiva in me, but why should that distract the person from taking the message? He learned from Acher. Acher was someone who had gone off the path. Nevertheless, the Meir would learn from him. He would say, I, I found a, a rimoin, I found a pomegranate. I'm taking out the good stuff from the inside and I'm throwing away the shells, the peels. I'm throwing away the negative. So this person should be able to do the same thing. Uh, uh, as the expression goes, take, uh, 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 no, uh, take the message and don't look at the messenger. And the Kiro professional continues. It's because the other person is already a low-down person. Therefore, when he detects some haughtiness, that's why, because he's already a Neufel, that's why when he, when he, when he feels some insincerity, some, some egotism, he, 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 he falls. So why should I, the Kirov professional, have to worry about this? That the person that's already a fallen person shouldn't fall more. This is the argument that the person can have. He's a Neufel. He's a fallen person. He's so far gone that he can't realize the difference between the words that are true and the person that's saying them. 
So why should I have to worry about it? So therefore we tell this person like this. Despite the fact that the other person has fallen. You still have the obligation to make sure that your roof, your egotism should not cause even a fallen person to fall more. You should not be the one that about whom it said that a, a negative event happens to a negative person or through a negative person. That you should not be the one to cause someone else to fall. Even if they're not a good person, even if they're, if they're, if they're, if they're already fallen, you should not be the one to cause more. Sivchas. Sivchas, the Rebbe is going to say that in that case, the person might say, I'll stay out of the business. I, I'm not going to get involved in being Makar of other Yidin, because since I don't know if I'm, I'll be able to, uh, to control my yeshes. So therefore, I might as well stay out of it. And the Rebbe is going to say, of course, that that's not the answer. Of them came in the a person can say, since he knows that he suffers from this, why should he get into this whole dilemma? He'll be able to make a proper limitation to his arrogance, which will make sure that not he nor the other person should fall. He'll stay away from the whole, build, the whole building of the house. And certainly he'll stay away from trying to help another Yid because he doesn't want to ruin the other Yid more. He's the Posik Maktimun Alzabracha Kisivna by his chodos. Therefore the Posik starts out and says it and not just as a description of a situation, but also as a blessing. You shall build a new house. Ayid is obligated to build a house for Hashem by establishing a an environment of Yiddishkeit. He can't rely on others. It has to be a new house. What's well, not a new house? Has to be unique to him. Every yid is designated a specific portion in the world. He has to work with and he has to uh, uh, renew it to make it a place that could be a dwelling for Hashem. He can't rely on the on the on the avoda of the previous generations. Nor can he rely on other people in his generation that are already doing this. He has an obligation upon him as an individual to build up his portion of the world. That's a Zayn Chidush that is unique to him. Unishtatzveitens has nothing to do with anybody else. Underfar. So don't, you can't get out of it. You can't say, I'm going to stay out of this because the Pasek says, Go out and, and, and build your unique house for Hashem. Underfar. And then, Therefore, when he meets a yid, that the very fact that these two people met is by divine providence. And therefore, that's a proof that that person's, uh, uh, to uplift that person, to refine that person, to help that person is his obligation. Therefore, he has to engage with him. And even if this person is a fallen person, and he, this guy, suffers from gagecha, from egotism, and therefore there's a there's a, a concern that it might cause the fallen to fall more. So just because you suffer from yeshus and gaiva, the other person should lose out. The other person that needs you and is dependent on you to, to help them out. 
make a guardrail and limit it. Stop it. You do not have the freedom to exempt yourself from this task from from engaging and helping another yid. And as the very well-known story that Hasidim tell over about or in the name of the Mitle Rebbe, the Mitle Rebbe had gemacht that takana as Hasidim was falling kumen kein lubavitch shall nafzir vag tzrik aim chazon and Hasidus in the shatlach was again forbid. The Mitle Rebbe established that those Hasidim that came that traveled to the city of Lubavitch to 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 spend time by the Rebbe. So on their way home, they should stop in the various different cities along the way, and they should teach Hasidus, they should say over the Hasidus that they learned. So there was one Hasid that had a, a, had a very good talent at teaching Hasidus, and he complained to the Mitzvah Rebbe. As when Hasid and Hasidus, they feel that Hasidus, they feel that that when he when he repeats Hasidus and he does and, and, and he shares and he teaches and he does a really good job at it, it gives him a sense of pride, it gives him a sense of gaiva, and maybe he should stop. You should become an onion, but Hasidus you should continue to teach. Which literally it means an onion is something that grows in the ground. It literally means you should work work on yourself to become more humble. But until the, but you should not stop teaching Hasidus. And as in the expression of the what was said previously in the sicha, just because you suffer from yeshes doesn't mean that the other people should lose out by not learning Hasidus. In Ara sixty nine, the Rebbe points out a very interesting uh, a concept, and that is is that an onion by itself is very bitter. But when you put it into other foods, it seasons the foods and makes it taste very good. Similarly, the yeshish itself is, is, is terrible. But when you teach chasidus with it, then it actually is something that could be very, very beautiful. So that's so these are the, 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 the steps in the Pnimi Sanyanim. Number one, the Maike in general is the idea of limiting one's gaiva. Number two, the Heichel Amikdosh, even, even uh, gaiva dikdusha needs to have a limitation. Then there's the idea of the, of the Micah helping others, that when it comes to bringing Yiddishkeit to other people, you have to work on yourself. To not, it shouldn't be with Gaiva, because it might, not, it, you might, it might uh, uh, um, negatively affect the, uh, your ability to be Makar of a Yid. And even if the Yid is a Neufel, even if the Yid is someone that has already begun to fall, and you think that it's th their fault that they, don't, that they can't find the truth in your words, you still have to work on yourself to get rid of the Gaiva. And certainly you can't shirk this responsibility and say, oh, I'm going to stay out of the whole business because you have an obligation to, 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 uh, be, to refine the world and refine the people around you, and you have to do so with a Maike without Gaiva. Now in Siftes, based on this understanding of what Maike is, we'll understand the difference between a shul and a Beis Amikdash. The meaning of Beis Amikdash, Beis Amikdash, is the idea of a shul or a Beis Amikdash. I read this at the to learn at the Davin. Thus, is the Avodah Ruchnitz when they mention in Zichun Mitzich. This is referring to the spiritual Avodah that a person does with themselves and for themselves. However, represents more of the overall Aveda of the person. Not only the Aveda that he does with himself. But more 
Primarily, the Avedah that he does to bring a dwelling place for Hashem in this world, to take the physicality of this world and the world as a whole and make it a dwelling place for Hashem. Therefore, one of the primary Avedahs in the Vesemigas was Karbanois, to be able to elevate a physical animal to Hashem. And then there was the Kayanim that would eat the Karbanis, and in some cases, the owners of the carbon would eat as well, which is about refining the meat and the, and the physicality of the world. The other is closing in the Mikdash, not just to avoid the in the Mikdash, but the whole idea of the Mesa Mikdash, it must be a sign of the Veltarum to impact the world around it. But the far as I didn't have the Mikdash, given Shkuf not to them, therefore the windows of the Mesa Mikdash, they were narrow on the inside and wide on the outside. Kideya's Eidos are Leichten, the Malachten, the Mchut, to spread the light and to illuminate the outside. When Zainan Eidos sent to be a testimony to the people of the world, Shashkin is Shedeb Yisrael, and the Abish to rest amongst the Yidden. So the uh, Beis HaMikneses and the Beis HaMedrish represents the person's personal Aveda with himself. The Beis HaMikdash represents the Aveda with the world. And since the primary role of this Maike, of this guardrail, is the, to make sure that a person shouldn't fall, is in that other person who's a load, a, a person, a fallen person, shouldn't fall more. Or with the person themselves when they have to engage by going down from their own level. And be involved in refining and cleansing and elevating the world. So since the whole idea of the Maike is when there is a, a problem of Yippel HaNoifel, of someone falling. The Rebbe was a basic Nessus, basic Madrish. But the other dimension is Uyskit of Therefore, the Shul doesn't need a Maike because there's no problem of Yippel HaNoifel because you're not, you're not engaging with the world. You're not lowering yourself from your standards, from your, from your place to go down into the world. And therefore, it doesn't need a Maike. But the base of which we just explained, is about working with the world. Which is the spiritual Aveda is to build a house for Hashem, to make the, the world around you a dwelling place for Hashem. So you have to engage with the world. Here you need to have a Maike, because there's a problem of people on Eiffel. In the shul, you're, you're in the shul. You're not engaged with the outside world, and therefore you're safe. But when you go, when you when, when you're doing beis hamikdash work, you're you're going out into the world, and when you're going out into the world, there's a there's a concern of yipal anayfel of, of the person falling, and therefore you have to have a mic on the beis hamikdash. Now you might think in this case that the beis hakneses is a much higher level than the beis hamikdash. The beis hakneses, the shul, the beis bedrish are 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 a safe space. You don't need a mic. And the Beisach Mikdash, you do need a Maike. So the Rebbe says in the last paragraph, no. Afalpikei, nevertheless, is a tachlis ha-shleimus ha-bundu Beisach Tafka. The ultimate perfection is connected with the Beisach Mikdash. Because only through the Beisach Mikdash can you truly fulfill the Kavana Sabriya, Sever Tivne Ba'is Chodosh, that you could build a new house for Hashem, and shtel tu'uf adir ala izbarach v'tachtoinim. That is how, if you stay in the Shul and the Beisach Medrash, even though you're safe, there's no Yipal HaNoifel, you don't even need a Maike. But how is that going to help the world? But when you have a base amigdash, when you do kisiv nebayis chadash, you build, you make a tiri that is the ultimate goal of why you're even here. 
And through this, you also merit the third base of Migdash, Kisim Nabai is Chadash, Ben Heir of Yameinu Mamish.